0: Welcome to the Nick Sands Presents Podcast, featuring your host, Nick Sands. Hey, how's it going? Oh, really? You're bored and want to listen to me rant for 15 minutes? Well, boy, are you in luck. Go ahead, grab a seat because I'm gonna let you know something that's been on my mind for a little bit. In the last decade or so, the internet, and especially social media, has become everyone's favorite scapegoat. Just like video games in the 90s, it gets blamed for pretty much everything wrong in our society, usually on social media and by people who spend too much time on it. So far, I've seen it blamed for destroying our children, destroying our democracy, destroying our attention spans, and destroying our will to live. I'm not even going to touch on any of those or even try to refute them. If you can't look at the hellscape that lays before us and see the bleak future we are set to inherit and understand why it might be difficult to wring some hope or even a desire to participate out of the situation, I'm not the guy who's going to be able to explain it to you. What I am able to explain to you is why the internet and social media really are so fucking awesome, and why it's not the internet or even social media that's the issue, but the underlying system they find themselves a part of. Let's start with a little bit of internet history. The internet was developed by nerds with government money to share porn. There's a way longer, uh, more in-depth explanation in the history books always try to class it up. Oh, excuse me polish it and make it sound nicer than that, but at the end of the day, nerds wanted to see boobs and they weren't going to leave their homies on the other side of the country hanging. So the internet was developed using government grants by very smart, but very normal college kids, or, you know, at least as normal as the nerdiest nerds at MIT can be. If you want more information on this, I'll link a book below that's sort of about the history of the internet that I found very interesting. Um, And it basically backs me up on this so go check it out if you don't believe me What else grew out of the minds of very normal college kids Social media Social media more or less started as a way to hook up with strangers on the internet Not just any strangers hot strangers It was a place where beautiful people went to find each other to fuck Anyone around during the early days of social media will tell you that this is in fact the case again the history books try to gloss it over they try to make it sound like it was this cleaner thing but it wasn't this was it and that means that the two greatest communication tools in history were developed by horny college kids and that's a super important frame of reference to view the internet with these ideas were not initially driven by money or by profit they were driven by the desire to connect with other human beings It was only later, after their conception and design, and their success, that people realized they could make money in these spaces, and so the spaces themselves were retrofitted to do all types of terrible, immoral, and arguably inhumane things that they're known for today. But I think it's important to remember that, while they maybe didn't have noble intentions going into it, a lot of the things that you might consider evil, the massive data collection, uh, the spying, the illegal surveillance... All of those fucking crazy things that you hear about didn't show up until WAY after these platforms and these systems were already in place and developed. Alright, that's enough of the history of social media. Let's move on to why it's the greatest human invention ever. First and foremost, I mentioned above it was all about human connectivity. So let's dig a little deeper into that. Since I'm old as fuck, my most used platform is Facebook. I have around 3000 friends on the app. Some of these I've never met before and they're definitely strangers, but the vast majority of them are people I went to high school with, people I've worked with, people I'm working with currently, people that live in my town, people who I've met in person through events or charities, or a dozen other situations where I might make an acquaintance. The vast majority of these people I would have never spoken to again after our initial point of contact regardless of our connection or chemistry. A great example of this is yesterday i met a guy on the rail trail while i was on my walk and we started talking about his electric skateboard and when i got home i managed to find him online i added him and now we're friends even 15 years ago me and him never would have talked again or at least not likely. We probably maybe we would have run into each other, but now we have this opportunity to, to really connect in a way that's never been um, available before. And that's true with the vast majority of the people that I'm friends with online. I never would have spoken again to most of the people from high school, you know, a lot of people from old jobs. If you go back 30 years, most people upon graduating their highest level of education would lose touch with most of the people that they had made friends with almost immediately and would maybe get to see or speak to them one or two more times in their life. But most likely they just never would have spoken to them again. If you're around my age, 35, think back to how many friends did your parents really have when you were growing up? Mine probably had like three. And those were people that they worked with maybe some of you remember parents having like 30 or 40 acquaintances that they would see one or two times a year at a party but the idea of getting to watch your best friend from middle school's child be born and grow up in front of you or getting to hear about your high school friend's latest job promotion was not in the fucking cards on the flip side, getting to hear about your ex-bully's eminent divorce, or getting to watch the downward spiral into alcoholism of your least favorite teacher was also completely off the table. Today, those things are just a normal Tuesday. And I think we don't give enough credit to that fact. Maybe we don't get as much face-to-face time as we would like with the people that we connect with, but we never did before either. What we do get is to see the people that we cared about at one time or we do care about currently continue to grow and thrive and we also get to watch our enemies crumble to dust just like we always hoped and i think that that's something to really latch on i don't know i feel like i really cherish a lot of the friendships i've been able to cultivate through social media over the years and without the internet i never would have gotten the opportunity And that doesn't even include friends of mine who I met through online gaming platforms or online specific, who have never met in person, who are scattered across the country and across the world, friends of mine who live in places I've never been and probably will never go. We are more connected to our world than we have ever been from the past. And I think that more than anything outweighs any con you can come up with about social media. Another great example is my friend Jimmy who graduated i think a year before me in high school and ended up moving i don't exactly know what the fuck happened but he ended up in japan somehow and that's where he lives now i literally never would have seen him again in uh you know my entire life there's no way the chance of me just randomly running into him are so fucking small that we never would have saw each other again Now we fucking talk regularly. I talk to them all the time. We mail back and forth. It's fucking great. And that just goes to show how powerful the internet is and how great it is that we get to hold up those friendships and those connections that we would not get to enjoy before. I think the next thing I want to point out is probably the most obvious for the internet at large. And that's the ability to disseminate information on a scale and a speed that is previously unparalleled in human history. We essentially have the combined collective knowledge of all humanity in our pocket at all times. We're one DM away from talking to the greatest minds in the world. This is true because a lot of the greatest minds in the world aren't like famous people. You can literally DM a fucking doctor of physics And the odds of them responding to you is extremely good because they're fucking nerds and they want to talk about physics with people and you're people. (laughs) And so if you have a question about something, you can go onto Instagram, find someone who's well-versed in the topic that you're interested in, and they're going, they are more than likely going to respond to you. We are one YouTube video away from understanding concepts and ideas that in the 80s would have required a doctorate. The average level of intelligence, even though this may seem like it's not true because a lot of people don't always flex their intelligence as often as they should, but the average level of intelligence is through the roof right now. The average person is more well versed in things like, you know, even if it's just pop psychology and, uh, you know, government affairs and news than at any other time in history. There's a lot of downside to that, I know. But again, I think that the upside outweighs it significantly. The internet basically makes it so that anyone with a smartphone is part of the largest think tank to ever exist. From a practical standpoint, you can learn almost anything online. I often hear people lament the fact younger generations don't know how to sew their own clothes or make their own cheese or a million other fucking ancient practices that we've commodified to the point of not actually needing to know those things. It's usually from people of an older generation who haven't sewn since high school, home ec class, or made their own cheese ever. They just seem to think they understand how to do these things through some kind of genetic coding that cell phones and modern civilization has stripped away from us younger people. The fact is these skills are far from lost and a quick Google search of even the most obscure ancient skill will bring up thousands of results in groups dedicated to the long lost art of whatever the fuck you're looking for. You wanna learn basket weaving? There are hundreds of thousands of videos on the subject. Wanna learn the most effective way to cook on a campfire? There are people making content that cover just that and probably make more money than your average ad agency or doctor every year. Wanna learn how to design and make your own shirt? You can very easily find articles and videos from world famous designers giving you step by step basics on how to do just that. The reason we don't do these things isn't because we can't figure it out, it's because thanks to third world sweatshops I can get a t-shirt for $5 or less. Why would I want to weave my own fucking basket when I can buy one a robot made that's infinitely better for $2 at home goods? Why would I cook outside on a rock when I can cook inside on a stove? Your problem isn't with the internet, it's with the industrial revolution. Speaking of baskets made by robots, what a perfect segue into my next point. The internet has completely destroyed gatekeeping. The art world at one time was notoriously bad about needing to know the right people to make your way. Not anymore. Make your art, post it online, and if your work is good, congratulations, it's gonna sell. Honestly, it doesn't even need to be that good. Shitty art sells all the time online. If you post it, you can almost always find an audience for it somewhere. If you wanted to make movies or TV shows back in the day, you needed to have the blessing of a producer or you needed to be fucking rich. You needed to have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in your bank account. Today, all you need is a cell phone and an idea. And if people like it, you can make ad revenue. You can make money. You can basically take the ideas out of your brain and put them onto platforms that will then pay you if it's good. All of the radio bands are currently owned by major radio stations. But if you want to put out a radio show, you can do it the same way I'm doing it right fucking now, completely free and with equipment costing less than $300. I make this entire podcast on my cell phone using a Zoom recorder and a Rode mic. It's very easy. And if anyone has any questions on how to do it, feel free to text me. I'm happy to tell you. Are you someone who's a writer who has a great fucking book idea and no publishing house will pick it up? write it and publish it yourself online. Amazon has a service that'll allow you to publish your book and will essentially print it as people order it. And so there's very minimal upfront cost. I don't exactly remember, but it's extremely cheap to do. And they'll just take a percentage of each book that they print and ship out. It's extremely cheap, Uh, It may even be free. And at that point, your book sales falls on you. Which means you need to be, you know, out there on social media pumping out fucking content around your shit. But if you're willing to do that, then you can sell your book. Creatives are no longer beholden to anyone. We can do whatever the fuck we want and no one can tell us no. That's so fucking powerful and not enough people realize it. I think. In my opinion, this is the piece of the equation that still isn't fully realized every person on the planet has the potential to be a creative if they're willing to put in the time and work as things progress it's my opinion that more and more people will continue to make a living as a creative and those titans who until recently controlled the creative spectrum will completely wither away and die I believe in the future distribution channels will be completely taken over by the individual and the big players who we know today who do nothing to create and only muddy the waters but still take their cut will be completely ruined. The new trail that we've cut is very fresh. It's like the Oregon Trail that's gonna one day become Route 66. It still seems an impossibility or a pipe dream to most people but I think in the next 30 years what we're gonna see is this thing built into like a super highway i think most people someday will make some form of their income through something they create personally and then post online and i cannot fucking wait as ai takes more and more jobs and as those last clingers on of media past finally die off and all the money that they hold is released into the creative ecosystem all that is left is the individual and their medium of choice and i think we are primed in that instance to see a modern renaissance that's still a dream but I think that we're going to see that come to reality in the next 20 to 30 years. The internet gets a fucking bad rap. It's easy to point out the negatives and maybe that's just the way humans are. Right now, it seems like a few companies hold all the cards, Facebook, Google, TikTok, but we're continuing to move toward a world where money is no longer the number one factor of success. Don't get me wrong, it still fucking helps. But I think if TikTok shows us anything, with its seemingly overnight success on the internet, innovation and creativity are the two most important pieces of success moving forward. I think we'll continue to see something new pop up every few years that changes the content game uh, in the same way that Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok all have at their respective times. The internet really is a level playing field and it always will be. All it really takes is a new idea or an old idea package in a new way. I'm gonna leave you with this last thought. Minecraft is the most successful video game of all time. It was originally made by a guy named Notch in his spare time using a programming language that kinda sucked, Java. It wasn't really made for uh, making computer games. I don't really know the story of why he used it, but from what I have been told, it was a very strange choice because you had to independently download Java. So not only did you need to buy the game, you also needed to go and seek out Java, understand how to download it and put it in. Um, And so it didn't really make sense for him to do that. And he was just kind of doing it for fun. But that video game completely changed the face of video games. Nintendo, PlayStation, Microsoft, with all of their money and resources, could not compete with this fucking one guy. Eventually Microsoft went on to buy Minecraft, uh for a shitload of money and notch is now like an online racist and a weirdo but he's fucking rich it's possible he was a racist and a weirdo before i don't know i didn't know the guy but either way he's doing pretty fucking good and if that's not motivation i don't know what to fucking tell you thanks so much for checking out the episode i hope you guys got something from it If you're in New England and you need some photography or videography services, please feel free to give me a call. I also edit people's podcasts, which even though it's not my main focus is somehow my main form of income. So if you need some help starting a podcast, getting it going, keeping it going, whatever it is, please feel free to reach out. I would love to work with you. Until next time, guys, thank you so much.